Yeah. All right. Welcome back to my life, Sam. Uh, my life with Sam Rafford. Blah blah blah. On this episode, <laughs> we have uh, rapper in Orlando by way of Providence, Rhode Island, Johnny Storm. He is an Orlando legend. He is a freestyle king. He's been in the scene forever. He has a catalog of music from Shawdeville to the Ford cast. He's done records with uh, Joel Ortiz. He's he's just the fucking man. He's from Orlando. And Johnny, thank <laughs> you for being on, bro. Yeah, it is. We out here. All right, word up. All right, Johnny. So we'll just start it off really easy, man. Um, just like your introduction to hip hop when you fell in love. Like maybe you might have listened to it up until then, but that moment when it hits you that that's what you were, you know? Oh, man, I would say uh, that moment where I fell in love, uh, you know, it you'd have been fool, fooled if you thought it was just hip uh, through rap music, but it was through b-boying. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously I fucked with, you know, like the songs that I first learned and shit obviously were like today was a good day and, and fucking electric relaxation and, and juicy and shit from Biggie. But uh, when I fell in love with hip hop, it was definitely through uh, b-boying and shit breaking. I used to break, watch them, you know, get originals and their Rocksteady crew and Style Elements crew and just buying the VHSs and shit breaking. And that was the time I fell in love with it. And rapping was just a, another part of it to me. I thought you couldn't have hip hop without everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, word up. That's actually a very cool answer, man. And that kind of sparks a memory for me. Um, I always say to people, I'm not completely factual. It's just of memory. But I've seen, uh, like, you're from the DR, but I've seen you go to different, I think, rock steady crew events in the Caribbean, mm -hmm. right? And it's yeah. kind of big in the Caribbean, in a sense. And I noticed that rock steady because it's such a big um, B-boy thing. That that's kind of cool. And so maybe, like, that might be a part of it with your influence on them, in, in a sense. I mean, not, you know, Rocksteady's one of those crews that were B-boy crews that existed Beat Street and before, you know what I'm saying, way before I ever was born. But just like when I was coming up, you know, I was growing up in the 90s and they were obviously the most famous group. And like I said, like Style Elements in the West Coast. So just that, you know, obviously when we went out to the Caribbean for those events, that was like their first time doing events in the Caribbean. So they held like a rap battle out there and I won that. And then they had like a B-boy battle and it was mainly just, they were trying to showcase some new shows to bring people to the Island. So the whole setup there was fire, you know, they had their own private beaches and shit and really dope festival, which every year got bigger, but um, that was just great to be a part of that. But they definitely were just doing it because their reach is so big. They wanted to kind of bring something back to the Island. So, okay. Yeah. No, that's perfect. That was me just trying to be witty. That's all right. That's my bad. I <laughs> fucked up. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, so that's cool. So like I speak a lot about, we're going to speak about your, your music career, your rapping and everything, but like, so I knew you first from battling before I started listening to your music. And I know that you grew up in the era where it was freestyle. So like, yeah. was your freestyle um, beginning like a lunchroom beginning, like at a party? Like what was it when you first like ciphered or had your first freestyle battle? Uh, shit. When I first had a, like, you know, it's two different scenarios. First, uh, freestyle ciphers and shit, you're just with your friends fucking off. <laughs> and I suck. I was like, I was probably complete ass at it. You know what I'm saying? Young teenager shit. But, uh, and that was like when the first battle happened, which you could call it that it was just me getting killed by some guy that was way better at the time. But uh, by the time I got good enough to really freestyle and uh, start battling, I moved to Florida. So I started freestyling and battling up north, but 
I didn't really like get, click in my head how the fuck it was going to be until I moved to Florida and saw, oh, like people are making jokes and shit. We don't just got to rhyme some aggressive shit. Like people were showing way more charisma, personality. So it was just something I fell in love with more as I lived down south because I saw there was just different ways to go at it. All right, cool. And then like, when did you start in competitions? Because I know back in the day, freestyles were usually a tournament competition and it would be at like an open mic at a night or something like that. And what was like your first like freestyle big competition maybe? Uh, first comp, I would say when I moved to Florida, uh, there used to be this place called, uh, well, at UCF, you know, biggest college in Orlando and all of fucking the country per student number is just the biggest uh, population of people. So they had every... Monday was some shit called the Hush Show. And that was my first time entering like a setting where it was like official battles and judges and, you know what I'm saying, we're on beats and timed and shit. And uh, so, you know, it was really cool and fucking, uh, and then after that, it was just whatever popped up, honestly, bro. I was like, you know, hip hop elements came to town. I did that. EOW came to town. I did that. Uh, and when I say did that, I won it, you know, obviously. <laughs> but uh, So when he was, says that to interject... Just to interject in, uh, on him, um, EOW is end of the week. It's one of the most reputable freestyle battle, I guess you would say, just events in the world. It's known like worldwide. It's held mostly in New York, but there's also people like I'm a big fan of a guy called Tenshu out in, in England who's all, always yeah. been on EOW. And so Johnny winning EOW is a really big deal if you haven't heard of EOW before. Like people like Immortal Technique were on EOW before they were Immortal Technique. Sorry to interject. Yeah, oh, my bad. Exactly. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I say it like as if for the seasoned fan, but you're 100% right. That shit was just, uh, it was big. Like when they brought it down here, it was their first event they brought because it was always in New York. And uh, so I just had to join it. And, you know, there was a million other contests, but the first ones were probably the Hush shows and the hip hop elements and EO Dove. And then after that, it was just shit went crazy. And so Johnny's uh, known like in the history of battle rap, like I always speak about different characters that I have on my episode. They're indented in battle rap, no matter what, whether people who, who haven't heard of battle rap find out about it, or if you're a seasoned fan or an unseasoned fan. And what I say in that is, so battling was all freestyle and DVDs and very underground and spoken about. And then the internet started having these things pop up and YouTube became a thing and battle leagues became a thing. And this guy, Direct Williams, started Grind Time, which I've spoken about. And so Grind Time had had a few battles at the time. This is based out of Orlando. Direct was going to a college there. I think it was Full Sail University. Um, and Johnny had the first viral rap battle on that channel that World Star Hip Hop acknowledged. And that was a very big deal. And Johnny battled this guy named Mosh Jelton, who's also from Florida. And so, like, looking back now in 2021 to that battle in 2008, what do you think about that battle now? Even though you probably are critical of your rhyme schemes or yourself, <laughs> what is that like? What does that feel like when you hear about that? When I, uh, if I look back at it just for content, then yeah, like obviously I felt like I was shit. Or, but you know, it was also like it was uh, the first time I had ever tried to write some for a battle, so I didn't know if it was all gonna be written or some written, some pre med. So I came kind of loosely prepared and Mosh was super ready because me and him had like a freestyle battle not even a year before that was you know so I knew he had a chip on his shoulder but I didn't know to that extent so when I look back at it I feel like Mosh was amazing for the time just amazing and uh, obviously when it went to overtime I, yeah I feel like I got it but I think Mosh's shit was I think his shit aged a lot better than mine's but it was just my shit was so impactful because 
people that knew me in that building only knew me for freestyling. So they probably just assumed, oh, he's freestyling the greatest shit ever. Like, you know, brains exploding or some shit. But looking back at its impact, aside from content, I mean, I'd have never known uh, that it was going to be like one of those catapults. Even at the time that it happened, you're in the moment. You don't realize that this is, yeah, Worldstar was the first one to break certain, such and such views or whatever, you know, 50 to 100K. And all these states now want to be in on it. But like, I didn't even see it like that because that was my first time on the platform. So people were just wanting to battle me. I saw it just like another thing because I'm used to battling 10 guys in a contest to maybe win 250 at the end of the night or a free CD. And then now it's like, oh, these guys just want to fly you out and battle you or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so different in that sense. I just wasn't. So it, looking back, it is like, I feel like it was just everything, you know, because I really was living in the moment. I'd have had no idea. If I had known more of what it was going to be, maybe I'd have turned into way business sense-wise with it, like fucking Lugal and hot tub time machine or some shit. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, that's true. I and mean, I speak about like the financials and battle rap too and how like investments, like the last <laughs> episode I spoke about how like it's a lot of the time wrong investments, whereas you had like the Alki David incident or things like that, you know, but uh, before, yeah. before that you actually brought up in your answer, a good question that I've been meaning to ask people. Um, what was it like when you started doing the written battles in a league, like grind time and things like that? Because I find in every scene, right, you have you were in the Orlando scene and then there was like the Oakland scene, the Toronto scene, the New York scene, the Atlanta scene. So you've grown up battling probably the same people. Right. And it's always freestyle. So then was it kind of awkward? Like, uh, like, no, just I'm going to freestyle. But then you have to write for the person because it was probably weird. Right. Yeah. No, it was definitely weird. And, and it took me a while, like to get adapted to that. So when I first came to battles, like the first. I don't know, probably the first six battles I did, I was trying to just uh, come up with pre-meds, a bunch of pre-meds, and not really structure them really well. Just cram in as many one-liners as I could because I knew we had 60 seconds. And then, uh, and then like, when I battled Dirt, or I knew I had to battle Dirt, and I knew what kind of writer he was, that was the first time I just wrote entire rounds that would never break type shit. Like, I'm running through this whole shit. Because then it started taking it more serious. Like, okay, this guy's just writing. He's not even playing with the option of freestyling. So that's when I it, – it was weird at first, but, like, I definitely didn't see it as anything taken from the culture. I knew they were trying to do quality control, you know what I'm saying? They were tired of people coming to freestyle battles, and you can instantly tell who's the best, like, within two minutes of the fucking shit. And now it's just everybody has more of an even playing field, so – I knew that it was get opening the door for other people to come at me too. Oh, hundred percent. And I think when battle rap started modernizing itself, that's when people who were, weren't even really rappers could start battling. Like I speak about some of my battles that are battles that I would show people that aren't fans of battle rap would be like a Carter Deems battle because it's, it's nonsensical. It's not, it's not something where it's like two guys wanting to kill each other. It's just a funny person. It's, it's, that's what battle rap. I, we speak about it being whether it's like a league in the NBA <laughs> or the WWE, because there's so many different um, variances and forms like, and, and then that's what was so fun with um, when, when it was becoming like grind time started getting big. And then King of the Dots started getting big. And then Don't Flop. And then URL came back. And, and you had all these different offsets. It's almost like in Europe with soccer. There's so many different leagues. And, like, you can be a fan of so many. And then at the end of the day, they all come together. And that's what was so cool with Battle Rap between, like, 2008 and, like, 
2015. And now it's coming back with this new thing that King of the Dots doing with the season one. And yeah. uh, so, so yeah, let's go back to, so Johnny had the viral video. So obviously he got like that got views. And then what was your first battle outside of Orlando? Uh, my first battle for grind time. I, uh, for grind time yeah. I was going to say, uh, my first grind time battle out of state was uh, against the source. Uh, so uh, yeah, they flew me. They hit me up and said, "Oh, you want to battle the source out in Oakland?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so there wasn't even a question. So Lush was like uh, ready to pay for my flight and shit at the time, which had never happened to me. So I'm like, "Nah, I'll pay for my own flight." You know what I'm saying? Y'all just handle like the hotel or some shit. Because I was just more in the moment, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't even thinking, like, now that's the stupidest thing in the world. But back then, it was kind of like, I'm investing myself. I don't want to give these guys no ammo. I'm still in, like, the freestyle mindset. Like, if I wear a fucking letters on my hat, they're going to rap about it. You know, I'm, like, wearing, like, white tees or black shirts and shit, just giving them minimal uh, ammo. So, you know, I paid my way. But I guess I really they dug how I did business in that sense. So it got me, obviously, fucked with more with as far as the staff in Cali. But... Yeah, that was the first one was at the source. So that was big to me because I uh, missed Scribble Jam and I'd never even heard of WRCs, you know what I'm saying? And I was freestyle battling at the time. Those are just things that if you weren't part of the online community, you didn't know. And I was a part of the in the streets and clubs and shit like that and contests. So I really didn't know. And uh, once I knew who the source was from grind time, I looked up those old videos and I was like, oh, I'm battling like Jordan right now. <laughs> this is Jordan. I'm going to Jordan's house to battle Jordan. So I was like, all right. And even then looking back at that battle, I think he also is like smoked my boots pretty good in the third three rounds. But I guess my shit was just so impactful at the time. It just, it ages differently, you know, cause everything I'm saying was like something that happened, like the 300 movie I just dropped. So I dropped a 300 bar or something like that. Shit that's going to age differently now, which is back then. That's how I approach battles because freestyle battles, you're more of uh, things that are happening. Uh, current events you know shit that's gonna hit whereas i feel like his writing aged better than mine by far you know it's the story it's, it's still a great battle and it's so funny that like uh johnny just like he said he looked up to him but like the Soros is uh like the battle rap jordan as he said and so we'll make a basketball reference for those who are fans of basketball i'm not saying <laughs> i'm not saying that johnny storm is this player to jordan but johnny's talking about like people who were seasoned people on the internet knowing who thesaurus was let's say johnny was scooped skipped to my lou ray for alston coming from street ball and then like he didn't watch the nba for some reason and then out of nowhere he's playing jordan and he has a pretty good fucking game you know what i mean like he's like he's jimmy jimmer for debt in china dropping 75 <laughs> so either way he can say that he didn't do well in the first three but he won and then they they became the they they started fl flying johnny out for like even more battles and he was battling like the biggest names at these battle of the bays which are some of the biggest battle events and what was that like for you like in the moment did you know that was like a thing that was going to be cemented in history or was that just another day yeah it was more of another day it was uh in the moment i had no idea that battle raps buzz was doing that still like you know what i mean it didn't really click all the way with me it was more so i was just so used to what it took to get there that you'd be so happy knowing oh man i'm getting paid now win or lose it's and it's one battle and I can write. So I felt like there's no way you can fuck up. You can freestyle your way out of anything. It was, it seemed like the greatest, easiest. And even in between those times, there were like those big freestyle tourneys that happened, but those written battles were like 
just something else, just the whole vibe of just knowing where it came from. I was already happy just to be a part of it because I knew like, oh, this is way bigger now. It's it's scripted. They can take it to a whole nother fucking world, and which is what's happening every day. There was like a new gimmick. Somebody has a new gimmick. They did. Everybody's very original, but they all have like a different gimmick. And I was just like, oh, this shit's crazy. Like a wrestling. Straight up wrestling. What I referenced earlier, it's just like I remember at one point during the Battle of the Bay era, there's a guy from Stockton who got famous just for having a tiger swipe. And he just like, for people who are listening to audio, he would just in the middle of battle, he'd do like a fake swipe on his opponent. And then that became famous and that became a gimmick. And it's just hilarious. (laughs) What battle rap can pop off is so fucking funny, man. There's one guy in battle rap uh, referencing Florida. He was a battle rapper's manager. And then he became Mark, the manager, the battle rapper, like battle rap is such a funny (laughs) thing, man. (laughs) (laughs) hundred percent bro it's like you said it's it's awesome because even then the way it is now made it open for everyone not everyone could freestyle but everybody could write so it just let like you said a manager who probably thought he was better than his own artist he's like you know what fuck it i'm a battle too i don't know what it was in his mind mark's a cool dude but (laughs) and it's funny uh just everybody's a character and some of them play a character for real and some of them really are that person and you wouldn't know. So some dudes are like appear as villains. They're good guys. Some guys are fucking crazy as fuck. And they are exactly that off the camera. But everyone's like, there's no way this guy acts like that in real life. But Like, you know, like disaster is disaster in real life on and off the camera. But lush is lush. Same way, you know, like there's no acting behind the scenes. This is just. And that's what was selling. And then you have Sharon, who's like hiding in the corner, looking at the ground before the battle, and then he turns into <laughs> Sharon. You know? Yeah, he's running now. Sharon's way better now. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's where I'm. Uh, I live in Ottawa, so I like uh, a new Bender, and you, I somewhat know wow. Sharon, and yeah, like that was rest in peace to Bender. The memorial was amazing. King of the Dot did a great thing. Yeah, yeah, man. With characters, it's it's funny you say that. Like that's like what battle rap became, and it's just like so funny thinking of different people that like if they're the real person or they're not. But what I find, which is so cool with you, is when we keep speaking about this and all the questions I'm asking, I'm talking about the written era more, but you keep referencing the freestyle part, and I think that's what makes you so amazing and what indents you in the history because people nowadays only know battle rap for written stuff. And like, there's the whole thing with battle rap. It's almost like a comedian bombing and not having a good set. You can choke. And if you choke and you're just practicing writtens, it's like if you've been in a movie and you're an actor and they have to make you do a hundred different scenes because you're forgetting your lines In battle (laughs) rap, there's only one fucking scene. And so like, what's your opinion on that with people who just depend on writing? Because you at the end of the day, always have that in your back pocket. There's that weird event that happened in Arizona where that weirdo Billy Boondock stepped up to you. And then you him. So like, it's just like people who don't respect the culture or the history or like understand it. Like as a person in that perspective, being that person you beat, I wouldn't have come to you because I feel like that's fraudulent. That's like asking a basketball player while watching a game to play a game of one-on-one after. So like yeah, what do yeah. you differentiate between those things, between like respecting the knowledge and the history while maintaining the modern part of it? Uh, you know, it, overall, I respect the modern part of it as well, very much in the sense that back then, to me, this is just a personal opinion, there's no pressure. You know, there was obviously less YouTube, even if it was filmed, there was still no pressure. You got to beat 
which is harder for most people to do. But for me, it's more comfortable. I started on a beat so you can rely on a flow. If you ain't got a punchline that's hitting, you could flow some fire shit and then pick up a bar while you're thinking it up in your head versus, like you said, when it's written, now you got one shot, one take. You can choke or you do good. No matter what, there's only one opportunity. It's recorded forever. That's that. So I would give the pressure on a written battle, even though it's written and you know what you're going to say, the pressure's still a thousand times more because you only got one. Even though in the freestyle one, you got one, but it's just a written one is like more permanent, it feels. That's that's it type shit versus the other shit. It just kind of keeps flowing. But uh, like when Billy Boondocks approached me, he was talking shit. <laughs> Even before I got on stage, he was already on the side with his boys, and they were like, you could tell they were already going for uh, the homie, which is fine. But, uh, you know, you could tell, like, afterwards, as soon as I got off stage, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, he still wanted to battle or something. I'm like, it was hilarious. And when he came outside, they really started that shit. But it's just funny because <clears throat> I'm just freestyling that. But I'm still, like, obviously amped up off stage and shit, so everything's coming a mile a minute. You know, I'm going off everything. Fucking and to the point that obviously Calico gets enticed, so he jumps in it too, and it's just whatever at that point. But it's just a vibe that I don't think you would even see now. Now they might play around with it, but are we gonna see Calico get enticed to jump in a freestyle battle now? I don't know. the The whole vibe was different out there, and even though it's the same exact people on that card, same exact people outside and in the building, it was just there was more of that energy. Whereas now it's definitely more as a business back then. It was more of a, this is a cultural thing. I'm not going to step down to them. Whereas back then one of them or myself could have been like, get paid to battle me or make it happen. Book it, put the money up, blah, blah, blah. I could have just talked it down, brushed them off easily. I don't know who he was, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just different. And that's so that, no, that, that makes perfect sense. And what I'm talking about, if people don't know, Billy Boondocks is this weird meme we speak about things and moments he's like a meme in battle rap so uh he tried freestyling against johnny uh johnny bodied him and then calico who's funny he mentioned that calico is this like url rapper who's known for getting paid and like those kind of guys never rap unless they're getting paid and they'll won't like do a cypher but i think johnny being so good at freestyling enticed him to maybe have the bravado like the alpha he's like i don't want to be the beta so that's pretty cool in that sense but then billy boondocks is just this guy like Here's another reference. I always go off on tangents, but imagine if I'm some shitty comedian who like works the door at a local comedy show and then like a big time comedian comes and then I'm like, yo, let's have a fucking joke off. Like, let's do like, a, like and it's like, I'm not going to do that. But like, there's people that have confidence, but sometimes, you know, they might have something wrong in their brain as well. Um, but like, okay, so Johnny, you've battled all over the world. You've done over 80 battles on camera that I know of. I looked it up. I tried to do the research. So I know 80 right now. <laughs> and, and there might be more that I haven't seen that like may have different titles, but that's what I'm saying, which is a lot. And his record is still over 500. So that says a lot. That's big. Mm -hmm. What's like one of your, one or two of your coolest moments in like a different place. We've already spoke about Oakland, but like <clears throat> you battled all over from, from Connecticut to Broward County in Florida to mm -hmm. England to you even had a battle in Sweden. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, yeah. So what's like what's the vibe when you do something different and new and probably the culture where you're going to is a bit more new too, like not as knowledgeable about it. So it's almost more exciting in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, and it's uh you gotta take that into consideration too, kind of like uh if the stage is bigger, say uh because like pay dues was in the states, but that stage was so big, you're at you know, five thousand people, whatever, five to seven thousand. 
they're not all battle rap fans. They're just there for rapping. So your shit got to be dumbed down almost to the point of entertaining a child. You baby with the rattle shit. You know, you're just saying shit that you know they'll get and react to. And that's why even when me and Diz battled, we kind of switched our bars around because we both looked at each other prior and said the shit. We're like, oh, we're going to have to really change it up here. This isn't like a, you know what I'm saying? But uh, going to Sweden, hands down, you know, might be not just because it was so fucking far, but it was just the culture there was very uh, <clears throat> old school hip hop. It was like 2013 anyways, but their fucking mindset was like 99, 2000. Back then, it was 2013 uh, when I went out there, some shit like that, some shit like that. And uh, just imagine their mindset was like 10, 15 years behind us. So they're out here trying to freestyle everywhere. People looking like this right here to the max, though, like real attire. Like this is how they actually. He's wearing, <laughs> if, if you're listening on audio, Johnny's wearing, I am white. I'll admit I'm white. Uh, he's wearing the average 15-year-old white kid who went to like Hot Topic with his mom, <laughs> Wu-Tang shirt. If you're a fan, you respect it. If you're not, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I fucking, it, but it was like that. Like the whole scene was just very baggy clothes, mad obvious hip-hop shit and they were so purist and they just wanted they didn't half of them didn't understand what i said but the fact i was rhyming and i'm there and i'm from another country already did it and then i met people out there that were uh super fucking cool bro i met some really fucking big uh dudes out there this dude seven sacks is one of the aces out there but everyone that brought me out there from base mentality i would have to shout out but seven stacks is like he was like the equivalent of uh meet an NWA if they were in their prime. So imagine this. He's part of the first Swedish rap, uh, <laughs> uh, gangster rap group. So he's out there super thugged out. And this is 2013, like I said, or whatever, but they're like 90s mindset, deep as fuck, cold crew got the bulletproof vests on, you know what I'm saying? Like 60, just goons ready but you know but they're Swedish goons and he's just you could tell he's running the show with his boys and he's just like you know could you imagine that like he's like oh, we're like NWA in Sweden like he's telling me because he knows what he is and his fan base he's like he's like you know you see my last video it got 56 million views there's only like 20 million people in Sweden where are all the numbers <laughs> he's just telling, you know it's just showing me how he's at ghost status and shit and he's actually from Norway which is more hilarious so he was like taking shots at them <laughs> but uh it was just crazy, like, meeting people like that. That, And the only reason he came out to the battles because he heard that a dude from the States was coming. <laughs> Man, that is like, – that's wild, though. That's such a cool story that I've never heard from you. That's a that's an exclusive on uh, this podcast. That's, yeah. that's so fucking cool. I know you did the interview last week, but uh, maybe you didn't mention it. But, yeah, like and, – and that's what, like – so that's a – that'll that gives me kind of another question because when you – uh, when battle rap started going into things like the Philippines, Russia, Sweden, Norway, all those places, you had people like Nilsum Skills, Shazam, Henry Bowers, um, Enigma, and the like the guys from Flip Top. Yeah. So, like, what was it like to you meeting those guys? It must be so different because, like, you don't know, but then when you go there, it's so much more of a realization, just like the guy you're talking about. Like, I was blown away uh, at some of them because I realized – just like as if if it was if you know i speak uh spanish fluently it's as if i didn't speak good english and that was my second language but i was this good 
that's how they are. Like Nils and Shazam and them. If you hear them in their language, Shazam was out there freestyling off everything in his language. He was like the Lord, like the freestyle king out there. It was ridiculous how they seen him. You know what I'm saying? Like how we see him as a regular dude with the accent. And he's funny and he's good in English. Far better in his language. You know, it's crazy how much better it is. And then even that dude, Savage Stacks, he, he did a song with me and it was his first time doing a song in English. Dude's better than like 90%. <laughs> and but in Swedish, you know, he's just, kept, and he was a great freestyler, which is even more hilarious. He was a super gangster rapper, Mad Money great freestyler who he viewed himself as the best one from out there beyond everyone and shit. And then it was hard to even gauge it. Cause I don't know what him and Shazam are saying, but you know, <laughs> they're fucking amazing. Uh, but it's just shit like that. Like to see the culture at that level, that even if obviously there's places like where Diz would go, that he's battling in his language and fucking Beirut or wherever the fuck Lebanon he's battling in. And, but the fact that people do it in every language and it's just built off of this, because obviously in DR, it's heavy, but they're strictly freestyle on beats. But in, you know, Flip Top, they might have the biggest crowds in the world. And that's Philippines, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't even know. Just experiencing it firsthand and seeing them just go in and out of English to their language. And I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, they almost dumb it down just so they can try to be a part of our side of it. No, and that's what I found so cool when those guys started going in. Like, I remember specifically, like, Nils and Skills versus Roan. And I was like, holy fuck, like, this guy gets it. And the thing is, like, he looks like kind of like a square, you know, in, in people's, like, a, a general stereotypical sense. But he got mm-hmm. everything. Even in his freestyle rebuttals, I remember Roan always had, like, a rhyme scheme of being more white than people. And yeah. then Nils had, like, a thing. He said, like, I'm so white, I can do this all night under a strobe light. And I'm like, I'm just like, he's aware where you think, like, maybe he wouldn't be. Um, but then with your other mention that I can't believe I didn't uh, put on the accolades when I introduced you. But Johnny won Paid Dues. So Paid Dues is a big music festival throughout the States, right? And when Battling was getting very big, they were starting to get put into, like, venues of festivals. And Johnny battled in this octagon with people surrounding him all over in like a dark setting. And it must be so different than being in a pit setting in the middle of a day in like a park. And so yeah. what was like the experience, like you, you mentioned a little bit about the experience, but also how um, can you say before I ask my next question, how many people were in that, that specific tournament that day? Uh, just in that tournament, there were probably four battlers. And so uh, you had to switch your material for four people. Like you had material for four people. The, we, we didn't know who would advance. So it was just paired off. So winners battled the winner, loser battled the looters, loser. So we knew you would only have to battle twice that day. You just knew who the first guy was. We wouldn't know who would advance and who wouldn't. So, And so in your freestyle mentality, and you already are great at that, what was that like, though, like anticipating like, okay, like I how did you have three rounds for each person after? Or what was was it more like some pre-meds and a little bit? I didn't have three rounds for the second person because I just would, did. I definitely, and it was more of an upset to me. I didn't know Dirt back then was going to uh, beat this dude, Real Deal, to be honest. Uh, I thought Real Deal was going to definitely go through. So uh, I had the lease for Dirt back then. So when they like gave us the break, I just had enough for maybe, you know, it's short round. So probably enough for almost a round. And there's three rounds. So I was like, I got that round. I could freestyle the end of that. So immediately, as soon as I battled this and that's over, I just go to the back by the trailers and think up another round. So now I got two. 
And then the beat one is that was the easy one for me. So I was just like, I know as long as I can put two, <laughs> there are two at them, and then we'll work out the last one. <laughs> that's great okay and like as i say uh listeners sorry i'm all over but like i just like I, random things pop up when i'm talking to uh people in particular especially johnny so i recently watched a battle that i've seen quite a few times that kind of gets me angry i and and tell me i'm wrong because i'm not going to say the name right you battled a guy named progressed or pro something oh progress. Some, so this guy progressed is this douchebag guy who's like new in the scene of battle rap when was the battle was it 2017 uh yeah was it yeah probably i think it was 20 18 it's 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 recent let's just say that and so we've spoken about the the difference between old and new and appreciating the old and also appreciating the new and this guy is this new guy he's a fucking prototypical probably former frat guy works at a gym dad bought his car piece of shit just like way too much of a bravado and he's like he wears this purple bandana and he's in this stupid purple gang within one of these divisions of battle rap that are trying to be the hardy boys or fucking and whatever i don't want to go too in sorry i don't want to be a bias in it anyway so this guy right this guy's super disrespectful to johnny and and Johnny's being like okay over it because he knows battle rap and he's been in it forever. But this guy crosses the line and he thinks he's so great. He's like fucking Andy Dick in 2021. Like you're not Andy <laughs> Dick in 1995. Um, how hard was it for you to contain yourself in that battle and not just go off on this person? Because eventually there was a little commotion and you slapped his, his uh, glass out of his hand. But this guy was just being yeah. so disrespectful through the whole thing uh, yeah, and I, I wanted to punch him. i had no reason to slap it i was just already pissed <laughs> and it's not like he fucked me up or anything which is what he was you were winning he johnny was killing him that's the thing yeah, yeah. and it, it's like a dude who's losing a fight getting punched in the face saying yeah i'm fucking you up yeah and that's the thing he thought that if he stood there and tried to make me look at him while I'm dissing his, like, boy and shit, and I think I was, like, trying to rap at Don, he's, like, trying to stand in front of me. He thought it was going to make me choke. He thought in his head, even afterwards, he said, you don't look at people, you'll, you'll fuck up. And I'm like, who is this guy? What is he thinking? What games tapes has he seen? So he's trying his best to throw me off with all the dumb shit, and then my boys are already tight. So me being calm is them being calm because you won't even see them in the video. I got cats moving in position, like behind the camera. You'll see them moving to the behind the crowd to the other side and shit. They were already tight, so uh, I my composure is everyone's composure at the time. You know what I'm saying? And fucking, I got to get paid my other half. So I know he was trying to act up. Like I said, he already rapped. Now is the time he can try to throw me off, make me fuck up. Because you're right, he's dying. And when you know you're dying, that's what you got to do. And uh, so he was just drinking his cup. And I don't know what it was. If it was already in my head, <laughs> I was already pissed for no reason. Because as soon as he, the cup was like right around this range, I was like, I don't like this cup being this close to me. Like there was already too much of this. So I just slapped the shit so perfectly that the shit flew right into the camera, though. So when they made it like a, a GIF or GIF or whatever, that shit was just going. <laughs> it, was just it was the funniest shit. You know, I seen GIFs of that shit still flying like through different uh, towns and shit. And yeah. The cups were going. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, bro, it was just like so funny to see uh, like the fake tough guy shit. You know what I'm saying? Because like you said, he's just trying to get his name off of me and he thought it would 
get something out of character out of me. <laughs> at worst, you got a bad cup slap, but you know, you just died in a battle and looked like a douchebag. Like you said, everybody hated him afterwards. And it's, you know, he don't get booked outside of here. So you got to realize like this would have been, he was trying to gimmick his way there versus being good, which yeah. he's not. No. Terrible. He's just not good. Like he could have did better. Sorry, I, I was agreeing with him before he said not terrible. He's fucking shit. But that's yeah. just my opinion. So, <laughs> I just can't stand you if you don't respect it. You know what I mean? Like, he's fucking, he, I, I, he's like Lance Stevenson with the guitar or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> not even Lance, though, No, not even, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know Lance, that. <laughs> it's like Roy and, Hibbert doing the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fucking uh, Anthony Bennett. Um, uh, so Johnny also makes great music. And like uh, a funny thing for me is the first time I heard Johnny rap outside of battle rap was grind time at the time had this thing called grind time posse cut. And it was like grind times, best artist featuring some people who were like friends of grind time or affiliated. And like, I still listen to that to this day. I have uh, this line in my head, uh, Plex and lush bless the Dutch of that OG Kush. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and he's referencing a uh, lush one who we spoke about previously. And just like, um, looking back to me, that's like a fucking cool ass thing. Like one of those things that like, is kind of not really looked at, but like, yeah, like that's one of the coolest things from battle rap in my eyes is the grind time posse cut. Cause you had all these different people who were coming together and doing a song together. And I remember also, um, I think it's, I think awkward's had a vlog of you guys recording it in somebody's house in Oakland. And it was yeah. all you guys listening to the instrumental and going over it. And yeah, like, I was in the studio wherever. Damn, you're right. I didn't even know there was a video. I just remembered the uh, audio. Yeah. What was it like recording with like so many different people and knowing like you kind of had like a verse on it, just a verse for verse song standing out? Because yours, yours and Hollow to Dawns are the top two on that. On that, I would say. I like uh, also Marv at the end. Oh yes, they're all great. It's just it's just objective. I just I always go off what I remember. So if I remember a certain yeah. line and it's in my yeah, head. Yeah, I mean, and you notice they were trying to push like, you know, grind times. Uh, I feel like the order of the rappers was also kind of like the order they wanted to promote. But it wasn't even a grind time thing. It wasn't a. This was Lush and them, the West Coast homies that really put it together. I really think Plex and Lush probably and whoever else's studio. I can't recall if it was a uh, Bo Rat or fucking Bo Rat was on the record or, or, or Dirtbag. Yeah, I think Bo Rat was on the track though. And uh, either Only way, one. bro, it was so awesome. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it wasn't even a thought because, you know, we I always did music. So I didn't even know that many of them did music. So I was like, oh, we're going to have a fire song because all of us can rap versus two. I was like, this is going to be great. I was like, this is what I love to do. You know what I'm saying? This is over anything, bro is the music so uh that was the best thing is true it felt good i wasn't thinking about the quality of it i didn't even know what the verses what order they were going to be in you know what i'm saying it wasn't like i knew i was coming after hollow and that's why i rhymed after his shit and his name and shit because they were like all right but well, we might move it around or some shit and i was like all right i know i'm after hollow <laughs> and then we ended up going in the same order it was i think we were like first and second or some shit but uh Right, yeah, it was fire. You, I, and it's true. You don't look back at that, but one day I, somebody brought it up 
funny enough, recently, and I heard it for the it was first me. time. It was me. I said it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, was trying to, I was trying to get your respect for the interview, so I was like, yo, look at this. <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't heard that shit in so long. I forgot it existed. Almost didn't remember it existed. I was like, yeah, this shit's fire. Uh, and there's a lot of songs like that. There was this song some guy hit me and the source for. Uh, it was like essay the abolition essay the abolitionist and tenacity something like that these two guys and me and thesaurus so the only reason me and thesaurus are on the same song is because of those guys that got a feature from each of us at the time it was probably some dude that saw us battle each other yeah both of you right now Uh, (laughs) that's pretty funny yeah it was fire though and i love that song Uh, no oh no same man that's why like that's when i knew like i probably had solidified you for the interview and i was like yo remember this song and you were like how did where's that and i sent you the link (laughs) then i saw you you share it and i was like okay cool i'll probably be able to have them on now but um i like referencing to that actually this is like a little in between before we move on to the music segment but i didn't really speak on lounge battles and so can you elaborate on lounge battles and what they were and what they were for the culture of orlando because they happened completely when the freestyle era was almost ending and the written era was beginning but they still held strong for quite a few years yeah no and i salute matt ills for lounge battles he uh like you said it was the only one that was still going on in between freestyle and written eras it it was still strong so years into it that's why it was cool to see the source come out and do a lounge battles uh and madness and shit and him were like in the finals it was like the one year i didn't enter ironically enough and they were like, oh, you should have entered. And I was like, obviously, but fuck it. I mean, spectate. Literally the one year. I think I won like four in a row or some shit. And that's why I didn't enter. Or three in a row, didn't enter, won the next one. So I was like not trying to win them all, but I should have. Because then the source was just popped up in town. I was like, oh, it would have been great. Would have had a battle with him real quick. <laughs> but, you know, uh, and mind you, like like back then, I don't think that was even around like when YouTube was a prominent time or something when that happened. It was more so just real fire. But uh, lounge battles, I got salute ills because they were, and it was just a reflection of the scene in Orlando. Funny enough, it was just there was so much hip hop, bro. Mad battles, mad events all the time, and it was hosting that was just him keeping it going and holding it down for the whole scene out here, which is why. You, they got to give him some respect regardless of how his business went outside of the city and shit. I know he at least did good out here because even like in business wise, I, I don't even have good business with him and I don't hold it against him. Like, fuck it, bro. The debts are debts. They're, they're mean nothing. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? It just sucks that when someone does bad business, you don't work with them no more. But I, I'm not going to hold that against what he did bring to the table back then which was those events were fucking good. Uh, so, yeah, at least those are good. <laughs> no, and I get you on that because, like, with Battle Rap 2 comes drama just like everything else in life, right? Like, I've interviewed Don't Flop guys and mentioned and, – and, like, before the interview, you like, yo, I'm not going to mention this thing because there's no reason mm-hmm. to, right? Um, but here's a, here's a funny one for you. Um, what you're talking about, like, you've had bad business, but you can't hold it against them. One of my best friends to this day and my first college roommate was a kid. I stole his iPod in grade nine during the national anthem when you stand in school, put it in my back pocket and proceeded to pretend to search for his iPod within the rest of the class. But like, you know, he doesn't put that against me. I feel bad about it. I wish I could have get him an iPod or something. You know what I mean? But 
like either way at the end of the day we're friends you know that was cool. <laughs> that was cool but yes <laughs> yeah, hey, man. <laughs> it's just one of the one of the parts of my life you know um so no and it's funny you say that because lounge battles as you said was like just kind of a orlando thing because i don't think it was uploaded to youtube until lounge battle seven so that means that there was six of them that weren't on the internet until then yeah and also you reference um orlando being a diverse scene before we go into the music um when grind time was young it was just orlando that was the only um division at the time and you guys had people that went on to be characters throughout the years and like i found it very diverse because you had people who were just crazy rappers freestylers you had unique people you had like drama people like um unorthodox phrases was like a theater person going into battle rap you had um uh one funny reference is the revenon which is like the only (laughs) battle in the world that had a gun pulled on him that came out of like a purse revenon oh my god yes (laughs) were you at that event uh that was one event i didn't go to i was at most of them but i remember that event uh and uh (laughs) Revenant, shout out Revenant, he's a cool dude. He's still definitely in around this shit, and I know he still be rapping. Uh, I wish I was there to see that one, because that is hilarious, though. <laughs> this guy in the battle, like, if you haven't, you obviously probably, not a lot of people have seen this, but this guy is rapping against Revenant, he's a younger guy, and he's just, like, he gets his friend to, like, pass him something, and it looks like a coin purse, and he opens the coin purse, it's got, like, those clasps, like a grandma's coin purse, and he opens it up, and he pulls out this little, like, miniature gun, like a slim cigarette or something, and it's fucking hilarious. That's <laughs> 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 one of the toughest battles of all time, man. <laughs> um, so Johnny is in a, a, a group called Shadas. And I also I love Shadas. What I know from Shadas before uh, Johnny was um, the movie with Kamani Marley. It's one of my favorite movies ever. But um, so he also with this group he released albums, and they have three volumes so far: uh, Shadaville Volume One through Three. And just tell the audience kind of what your guys' uh, collaborative effort is, and like the kind of music you release. It's amazing for people who want to listen to it. But I just want to hear Johnny's perspective on it. Hey, so, uh, you know, we started off, our group was called One Shot, right? Uh, I moved out here probably like 2000, like one, 2000. We got probably together as a group. And I was in another group, you know, I'm going to high school out here and shit. So I'm like, we're called Golden Storms. It's me and my boy Midas, Midas the Beast. Salute to him. Monstrous rapper, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and the rest of the homies, Def Con, you know, June was there. Uh so uh, then, you know, high school shit's over, fizzles out, and then, like, I'm just rapping, me and my brother June. And then uh, we meet, uh, we were already rapping in shot as, or one shot, even, like, as a crew, but when we were rapping even in the rap group, but one shot wasn't a rap group. We were just a group of kids, you know, malicious kids. We was getting a lot of trouble and shit at the time. Uh, you know, we were fucking teenagers and shit, early 20s. <laughs> just fucking trouble, bro. So, uh Basically, one shot came back then. You know, you'd hit someone, that's when you one shot them. That's what it would be, one shot them. So we were one shot crew. And we had uh, mad Caribbean dudes back then. So it was like Caribbean clan. It was just uh, because we were from the Caribbean and my cousins are from Trinidad. You know, we're from DR, but our homies, like our brother, then the other homies from Haiti, the other homies from Jamaica. So we were just real deep around that time. And this is all up north. So we bring that same culture 
down south. We moved down here one shot. Then we meet my boy Legend, Kurt, uh, gone, and the same group of dudes since, like, probably 03 to now. Uh, we've been dropping music since then. So we had, you know, obviously, like, one shot, volume one, two, three, New Crack City, volume one, two, three. We went through a million different projects, mixtapes, and then the shot of it, we changed. So shot is only came from changing one shot to shot is just because, you know, uh, evolving with it. It didn't even have to do with the movie. We would call ourselves that just as a short for one shot because we would say one shot. It's like our YouTube channel was one shot is. <laughs> but uh, fucking, and then Shotterville, we brought out of that because Shotterville is just the most unique of the branding of it. And it's still the same group, still the same everything, but just, you know, easier to search. You're not getting confused. It's uh you know, we put it all under one umbrella because back then it was like One Shot Inc. We had all the shit paid off, you know, went through our entity with that. And then, you know, we just kept moving along. But uh, so a shot of us. So anyways, we've been doing music forever, bro. Fucking since, oh, since the single digit thousands. I don't even know. And then, you know, over 10 years, 15 years with the same dudes. Fucking just mad music, bro. I, like we, I couldn't even get into all the scope of how much music it was because there's so thousands and thousands of songs. Like we brought down, you know, it's a little my homie legend. Like I was saying in, a, in actually another interview, like if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had a lot of the features we had musically. Because even though battling was even happening before or afterwards, we were rapping before and that. So we were like doing songs with Joel Ortiz and Terminology and Freeway and AZ. But that's off the strength of just like the hustle with the homie already put behind us and, you know, believed in our rapping type shit. So we're all in the group and we're just making shit happen. Flying artists down here to, to Florida for the first time. They never performed in Florida. None of them. All the names I said, that was their first time here, period. So we're bringing dudes down because we were doing shows. We're like, come now. We're going to fucking throw shows. It's the most logical thing. We throw the show. We rap on the set. After the show and everything, you know what I'm saying? We go back to the studio. We do a song, too. So we were just, like, super active in that sense and never stopped the culture of music. And uh, even when the group started not fizzling, but, like, you know, not doing as much music, me, June, certain members, One Shot North was the whole time we were down south. We had a whole One Shot North for another five or ten members. It was because, you know, we left red minutes everywhere we were everywhere bro i can't even describe the total of music so that's why this year all i've been doing is putting this sounds so long-winded i that's why this year we're putting out you know it was like a song every day i was like fuck it all i'm gonna do is pause on uh, the battling when the year started even though i did a couple i stopped everything before and after and just dropped the song every single day for you know, first hundred days of the year, I was like, we got a hundred real quick. I've dropped another hundred after we put some more visuals out. So now we're just putting visuals back and then drop another hundred. I'm just not going to stop jumping off the music because I got old shit that's old to me, new to you that we took offline because back then when I put it online, percentages were just so ass, you know what I'm saying? That like, I didn't even, we were selling, we we're making more money selling physical. So I literally took my album online, took it right back offline, even did it in 2013, put the forecast online, all those features. And like a year or two took it offline. I'm like, you know, we're selling more physicals. I hated seeing like 
a year of work and like I could have made that in a month selling CDs. I was like, this is crazy. I didn't like the streaming thing, which I had I just left it on there that it accumulated nice, but once again, you know. <laughs> no, and don't think think that you're long-winded at all. That's what like uh, the, the listeners love and I love. And what, like but what we're thankful for now too is that you do have things which is my you segue to my next one about the forecast. One of my favorite albums of yours is the forecast. Mm-hmm. And like it's great that it is on streaming platforms now. And so um, the for- the forecast is such a great project and like obviously there's the homage to like in my eyes Johnny Storm and the whole like the forecast and like the weather and like um, uh, what was that album like for you to create and like what how long did it take for you to create because you'd been doing like you hustled so hard and you grinded so hard like another thing that's great is that you spoke about getting all these artists out to Orlando your freeway song is amazing I love the Joel Ortiz collab and what's so cool too is a lot of these battle rappers get these collabs from being battle rappers and you were doing it from your hustle. And I think that goes to show like the purest hip hop artist that you are. Sorry, but I added on to it. But what, yeah, what was the forecast like to create for you as like a full project? Even though you well, didn't have features, it was your project. Yeah. Well, what it was, was basically, uh, and like the forecast was my first solo project. So as a group, we had dropped mad projects. We recorded, uh, probably like a hundred songs on this one hard drive we lost you know how it is when you don't back up a hard drive probably lost like 90 of them so we had like 10 of them things and which were the ones that we backed up the most which we had the features which we because with joel we have like five songs with joel so i know that i had that song that he did the verse on and another one that was like with me more so because i was just more front runner of the group at the time and uh, the other ones was all big group songs. So I only released that one because I was like, yo, I'm going to use this on my forecast album, being that we are going to release shit now that we lost everything. So, that, you know, we were just like, yeah, let's fucking let's push your shit to the max. So that's why we put the terminology track on that. The every feature song that was a bigger feature that instead of it going on like a group project, my shit was already ready because I had all the single songs. So every single song you had, that was already ready to go and it was already going to happen with that didn't have a big feature and it was enough for an album. And that's why the forecast was like a million songs because we just added on the rest of those features. Cause they're like, fuck it, bro. We're going to let them hear everything. We're going to unload the clip. And a lot of them are so late. The forecast dropped 2013. I probably recorded those songs with those dudes in 2008, you know what I'm saying? 2009. Like this is a, uh, and I still got songs I haven't released with those dudes, which is crazy. But, uh, so that's why you'll hear Freeway saying Rockefeller. He was still on Rockefeller records <laughs> at the time. Like funny shit like that. <laughs> but uh, it's just, uh, like you said, it was all for the love, though. It was just so different. They're in our studio. We're smoking. We're in the creative process. You know what I'm saying? That album was the greatest in that sense because all those songs I did were all in that one studio because we had a whole space that was just an office building that was us. Uh, you know, the studio was just fire. And uh just seeing how they wrote, like Freeway don't write. You could tell he must have been very well schooled under fucking Jay Z. This dude, we were looking playing like maybe fifty beats, and he finally found one that he was fucking with the most, which is the one we went with. And we're like, all right, all right, I will right, start writing right now. So we start writing and shit, and uh, hold on, fucking act. And and he's just sitting there like this, and I'm like, damn, he ain't writing shit. 
uh, you know, 15 minutes pass. He's like, all right, check this out. And then he just raps. And he's saying everything that we were doing. He was describing moments, what we were drinking, fucking uh, just everything, you know, shouting out the group, like, in the town. Like, he said everything in one take didn't fuck up and then just doubled his verse again and then he did all his other regular shit. But it was so pro professional to see it you know like damn this dude's procedure and then you know the same way uh joel's a fast writer like me so he wrote his shit and terms a fast writer but freeway was just the most intriguing because he don't write and like i never seen a person do it that fast because yeah you can like write in your head i've seen people do it and it's still i give props to that but he did it like 15 minutes one take spit it off didn't have a stumble. Nobody discussed doing a song before that date. It ain't like he was even ready for it. It was just crazy to see that level of shit. You know, I knew that there was another level still to get to. That's what that was. Oh, no. That dude, it's like, um, with Freeway, too, he's actually one of my favorite rappers. And, like, um, what I love with rap, too, because uh, rap is so, in some senses, like, the same with, like, 16 bars hook, 16 bars hook, done. What I love with uh, like certain things is like Tupac wrapped in like like threes, whereas a lot of people rap in fours. And like um, what I love with uh, Freeway and this one in particular song is two words with Kanye, Talib, and Freeway. And like and in it, it's two words, and basically they're they're doing their bars in like two bar segments because of the two words. Or like Freeway does things where he's just talking to he does two yeah. words on two words. He's like, yeah, I don't care words. who you are, Steven Seagal, like shit. Like it's crazy. Like, so it must just be insane to see a person like that process. You know what I mean? Like that's just wild. And as you said, under Jay-Z, like he's known for just making songs and not even writing them down. It's yeah, that's what I realized. I was like, all right, there's another level here of this shit. And it was fucking awesome to see it, though. You know, that's why that one made that album special. And obviously, like I was I felt almost like anointed that I was able to get all the features onto my project. So it just made it look even stronger. So the whole catalog just looks ridiculous as if it was all on me when I know without the whole group, that whole project wouldn't have been able to even pop off. Hey, whatever. Either way, it worked out in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, you have any new projects coming out before we um get to some other random questions that uh, uh people should be tuned into, other than yeah. the music you're releasing every day? Like, if follow Johnny on all platforms to see everything he's releasing every day, but just a project maybe or. Oh uh, yeah, I got you know the ironically enough the the calm before the storm. <laughs> Make you spit out your drink. You go, ah! <laughs> but. Uh... But, uh, you know, you like you said, the forecast was just that. And then uh, the calm before the storm. So you can already assume what the third one's going to be. Hurricane uh, with- Katrina. No, I'm just kidding. It would be the eye of the storm. But, uh- <laughs> oh, that's great. My bad, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, nah, so the calm is coming. Uh, it's already all done. I'm probably just going to finish dropping all these songs that we got. And then I can drop the brand new. Even though a lot of those shits were done like this year, a lot of the two man project ones, uh, it's just shows shotterville.com with me and June and the Dragon Ball Z fucking uh, outfits with our dog and shit looking like Frieza. That shit is all shit that was done this year. You know what I'm saying? So that's like a whole 11 or 13 tracks that we did that were brand new. But even then, he got his project coming, mine's, then we got another two man with some other funny cover coming <laughs> but uh what up yeah people no, check out check out shotaville.com for that and, and uh, anything upcoming 
And uh, yes. speaking of that, here's a weirdo one for you. I see that your, your dog's really cool, man. I see how much you love your dog on your uh, your stories and shit. So that's good to know. You know, it's good to know people that love animals. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go off on a random segment for um, just like to like, you know, ease it out. Um, mm-hmm. What's like your number one battle that you would recommend people to watch? Uh. For a first time or just in general, number one battle? Let's do a first time and then let's do a like a battle head after. All so right. To do first for like a person who hasn't seen it and then the second for somebody who wants to see something different. For someone who's never seen a battle, I'd probably ease them in with something uh, humorous. So I would go with uh, hmm, probably something... Uh, Shit, man. What would be a good first time person's battle? You know what? Like me versus Sunny Bamboo. I'll be biased and say my own. That shit was like a lot of jokes. I think for a first person of it, oh, this is great. It can be funny. It can be serious. Is that too far? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, if you were a battlehead, like a. Damn, bro. There's too many of them, man. That's almost like just picking your favorite battle type shit. I'll go one before. <laughs> I'll go one before you go. It all watch right. uh, Johnny Storm versus Satire. Ah, uh, all right. I like that one a lot. That's a good one. Mm, tricky. If it was a good battle, is it? Does it have to be one of mine? You don't have to if you don't want to. I'll go. <laughs> if, if, if you're gonna name another one, I'll name another one of yours before you do. Uh, if it was to be one that for Battleheads, I'd say me versus Sharon. Yes, that's I was gonna say that, and then also uh, Locksmith too. Oh, Locksmith, yeah, yeah Locksmith because came, Locksmith's huh? like a pretty fucking well-known rapper right now too. So watching that is pretty cool, you know. Like anyway, either way, any Johnny battles good, no matter what platform it's on. Recently, he battled Young Cannon. I know that, and then he had another battle previous to that as well, and then he's also battled Marv One this year, which is a battle legend. Um, yeah, it's like watch his battles. No, if he, he's going to be iffy because, he, as we say, he's his own worst critic. But Johnny Storm's a good battle rapper. He's not only in the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, Johnny. So Johnny loves basketball. He always has very controversial things that end up being right that I might not like sometimes, whether or not he's a big LeBron fan. I respect LeBron. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny, <laughs> two favorite your two favorite NBA characters from the nineties, like, like a person that was a character, you know what I mean? Like I love Spreewell choking out PJ Carlissimo or like uh, Larry Johnson being the nanny, something like that, you know, something different. That, that from the nineties, from the nineties characters. Yeah. Like dudes that you were just like, you know how, like, um, uh, you mean like how Penny had little Penny. Yeah. Was, you could do that. Or you could even do like, um, Who's the guy, uh, number 11 on the Rockets, who was the big instigator and fighter when they were on their run? Vernon Maxwell. Vernon Maxwell. Remember him? Yeah, like people like that. People were just like known for certain shit, you know? Oh, okay. You just mean people in general. All right, not just some gimmick shit. If it was that and they were from the 90s, uh, who stood out real good? I mean, obviously, you know, you got to give it to Dennis Rodman. Stood out like a sore thumb. He was weird to me, though. I can't even say, like, I liked him. I didn't like him, but he stood out. His last dance episode was super fucking weird. I could have watched a whole documentary series on him. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, he's crazy. Uh, you know, I'm a, a little 
just a touch of bias, but uh, you know, I was definitely uh, no, I wouldn't even be biased, man, because there's no good characters there. I was just gonna mention all the Heat players I liked. <laughs> Bro, don't worry uh, about it. I called out Billy Boondocks. I might get killed tomorrow. Say what you want. <laughs> Yeah, bro, there isn't really too many. I mean, that were entertaining to me in the 90s. I used to like all of them just for what they were. Yeah, they didn't get I interesting get to me until it was like, you know, when Iverson was coming in and Kobe and fucking – because even Jordan wasn't interesting to me. I was just a kid watching them, like, be great. I was just like, oh, this guy this is great. Like, it wasn't, like, blowing my mind yet. Maybe right. I was just too young. Okay, so we'll switch it then. So you say you're going to name Miami players. Are you an Orlando fan or a Miami fan? I know you're a LeBron fan, but like for a home team, is it Miami? Uh, no. uh, yeah, since I've lived in, up north, it's Miami Heat. Okay. Yeah. All right, so then name me your two favorite uh, Miami players from the 90s. From the 90s, uh, I liked it when uh, Tim Hardaway came out there. And uh, funny enough, Dan Marley was just funny to me, bro. He was like fucking – he entered the dunk contest. He had the shittiest dunks. It was just great. And I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> He's a three-point shooter. But, uh, you know, I mean, we had our little squad, you know. Alonzo was out there and shit, but uh, didn't do nothing until the, the goat Dwayne Wade came by, you know. So, okay, so that must have been insane for you, right? So, in my in my mind, it's like I've been a fan forever, right? But I focused on like the Raptors, my whole like younger self. What was it like? Because looking back, nobody speaks about the 2006 year anymore. Nobody speaks about Shaq and Wade teaming together, and like how like you know how the Lakers when they lost, they added on like Carl Malone and Gary Payton, and you thought they were going to win, and then yeah. you had people like Gary Payton and Jason Williams near the end of their career, and like. Uh, it's like, what was it like for that 06 team? I find it like people don't speak about it enough. Well, I was uh, already a super fucking Heat fan, as you know. So as soon as we had Wade, I was like, that was my favorite player. I was like, yo, he's, he's going to do it for us. You know what I'm saying? And then when Shaq entered there, it was almost unstoppable. When Wade just got just far enough to like get into the fucking finals, and I could see unstoppable he still was. I just knew it was going to happen. It felt almost emotional. It's so funny when you're like a diehard fan since you're young, you just feel like you won some shit. And the only other time I felt like that, it was not even further. He, it was when uh, Garnett won. I like felt it. His first year on Boston, he was just like, oh, what else can you say? And I was just like, nothing. Nothing can be said. I was like, give him this fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> I feel you like that. My, I feel like, like, I feel so bad for like Vince Carter. Like, I feel like he just should have fucking won one. And like, he, he's always on teams after the year or before. Right, he had a great team, though. With yeah. Raptors, I can't blame no one but himself, bro. Yeah, for fucking graduating college. What a piece of shit. He had to go to the graduation ceremony to get beat by Iverson, man. I I still remember that. But it's so funny for me because you said, like, see, you guys actually were good before you got even better. Like, you won a championship, then you won a few. As a Raptors fan, man, I just always thought we were going to lose no matter what. Like, even when we won in 2019, I'm like, something's rigged. They're going to call back the shot and we're going to get lo- We're going to lose. Like, bro, mm-hmm. Nate Robinson dropped 25 the first game I ever saw. He was with the Knicks. We were winning the first three quarters. And they, right, Nate Robinson dropped 25 on us. And I was like to my mom, I'm like, yeah, I appreciate you bringing me here for my birthday. But like, I just like the basketball shit. So like, uh, like uh, w- right now, this is 2021 for anybody listening in the future, or if you're some weirdo who was on like the TV show Lost, if you're listening to the past. Um, 
what are your predictions? I know you're a Lakers guy, so I know you want the Lakers to win. Who do you think is going to come out of the East? Uh, it sucks because you know it's going to be the Nets, bro. Yeah, I, mean, I made a bet I that they were going to lose in two, uh, but who now? Who do I want to see come out the East? Uh, I would like to see fucking um Miami, <laughs> obviously, but uh, not unbiasedly. I would say it'd be cool to see uh, the Sixers get out there, but I don't think they got enough. And neither do the Bucks, man. The Nets are going to take it. I think the Heat. I think the Heat are going to beat the Bucks, bro. I think the. I think we're going to have the Bucks the fuck out of there. I ain't even worried about the Bucks. And uh, but I think no one's going to beat the Nets, bro. I think um yeah. a big a big telling on the the first game one on the Bucks and the Heat was Chris Middleton was the guy and Giannis wasn't the guy. And that just goes to show you. you All know? year it's Giannis. And then when it counts, nah, sir. <laughs> Giannis ain't got the gene yet. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Middleton's going to do what he does, but Middleton's going to be streaky. Yeah, he's not, that's the thing. If he's the if Middleton's the guy, that's the bad thing, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if your second best is your guy, something's fucked up. It's like with the Raptors when we kept losing. Demar Derozan was our best guy, but he choked in the Lowry fucking playoff. Player. Yeah, yeah. no, nah, it's true, and and that's what it's gonna get. It's gonna get exposed, bro. I'm telling you, Miami's gonna take them out. If they turn up and just watch Miami, then we know Holiday was the whole reason, the key. But aside from that, yeah, they're they're getting out of here. Lakers definitely gonna win the West. I don't know who's gonna win the. The finals. I never bet against LeBron, but <laughs> you know what we're gonna do. Uh, I'm I'm saying this without you even agreeing. If the Lakers and the Heat face each other in the finals, we're gonna do another episode solely on that. <laughs> I can talk shit again. Yeah. <laughs> so either way, I'll find a way to be on the other side. <laughs> because the last year it was Lakers and the Heat. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Either way, you win. That's what's fucked up because we only have Toronto. <laughs> you're limited you know you're limited. Yeah. but yeah um johnny uh once again man thank you so much for having me on it's pretty funny this has been like a making in the works of having him on he's been so busy and shit um yeah sorry man it's okay I've been, bro been wanting to do this stuff it's okay at least you didn't like get it for me like imagine like i talk shit on an episode to try to get you on or something um just plug whatever you want to plug before we sign off. And we're like, I'm going to end the recording and then we'll uh, have chop it up for a second. But yeah, like what do you want to promote right now, man? Other than what we've talked about so far? Uh, you know, honestly, just uh, the website, shotaville.com, S H O T T A V I L L E two L shotaville.com. Fucking, we got all the new merch out there. I wish I had a shot of shirt on, but we got the ones with the guns. We got the ones with the palm trees. We got some one-timers we're going to put out there, you know, exclusive ones. But all the music's on there, so there's 11 CDs. So even though we've only dropped 100 songs thus far, well, not only, but there's 100 songs thus far that you can stream right now, there's uh probably, you know, a thousand that you can just get the whole projects from i'm just streaming them one by one because i'm being an asshole but if you want to get the whole project now you go to shotville.com as well yeah no, that's and, good. You know, uh at johnny storm os on everything 100 percent, and, and search him up and and yeah definitely like go online onto the website and search him up because as he's saying he's releasing the one a day but you know that's just a nice teaser you know 
it's not like he's got an OnlyFans that he's like promoting them on or anything like that. Just check, you know. <laughs> Johnny, man, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Listeners, thanks for listening. Next week, we got Nestle. We're trying to represent the East and the South right now. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate you on once again. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a nice week.